what's happening, baseball fans, and welcome back to another episode of Passion for the Pastime, a baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Walter. It was an exciting uh, last couple of last couple of days, last week at the winter meetings. Winter meetings have now concluded, and let me let me just say, who who got your money? Uh, all these teams got your money. Garrett Cole. Rendon, Strasburg, Wheeler, all these guys getting paid and getting paid the big bucks. And let's just jump right into it. Uh, What we've been waiting for all winter uh, to find out where Garrett Cole would be calling home uh, for the next couple of years. And it's actually more than a couple of years. Uh, It turned out to be a nine-year deal with the New York Yankees. Yes, the Grand Empire, the evil empire has returned uh, back to flourish. It, it is just, oh man. I, I was really hoping that Garrett Cole would uh, would end up elsewhere. Uh, didn't want him to be a Yankee for, for a multitude of reasons. I just, you know, growing up a, a baseball fan, you're never rooting for the Yankees. I mean, it is their their public enemy number one. No matter what team you root for, uh, we could all just just get on the same page and uh, and group up and say yes, we do not like the Yankees. That is just a uniformity around baseball. Um, you know, over the years, I've had the pleasure of watching you know Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. Alex Rodriguez, I guess, if you want to throw him in that uh, in that conversation, Andy Pettit. Uh, a lot of greatness has come out of New York, uh, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but now we have a new uh, sheriff in town for that starting rotation for the New York Yankees, and his name is Garrett Cole. He has left Houston, and uh, he signs a nine-year deal, $324 million, like, Oh my God! I can't even imagine what I would do with just one percent of that. Uh, let a, let alone three hundred and twenty-four million over the next nine years. That guy is going to be swimming in money. Um, but hey, that's what you. That's what happens when you are at the top of the class, uh, especially with what he did last year. But uh, a lot of people, you know, there was a lot of reaction uh, to this signing because what this does is it makes him the highest paid pitcher in. MLB history uh, in the history of the sport he is the highest paid pitcher uh, per year he makes 36 million dollars uh, per season so that is only second uh, first in pitchers but only second to to baseball players in general uh, to the GOAT Mike Trout who I wish that he was uh, joining up with Mike Trout I, re- I really do I really did anyway uh, but that's not going to happen. He's in New York now. He's going to have to shave off that beard. It's going to look really weird because I haven't seen, uh, at least in, in recent memory, I can't re- recall what Garrett Cole looks like without a beard. So that's going to be really, really strange. So uh, Garrett Cole, he's to the Yankees, and the Yankees, they wouldn't stop there. Uh, they're in hot pursuit of Josh Hader, apparently. Um, you know, that that is uh, what has been coming out over the last couple of days. Uh, that Josh Hader, they're looking to add to that bolstered uh, bullpen. Uh, but Garrett Cole, he is a Yankee. And coming back to the Yankees is Brett Gardner. He would sign uh, with the Yankees as well. So the Yankees, they're they're the evil empire, man. Like I said, like I stated, uh, the Yankees are uh, a force to be reckoned with in that AL. And, uh, you know, other teams in that division, uh, mainly the Red Sox, they're in a tough 
uh, tough, tough situation. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, talking about more guys that got their money um, in the winter meetings is, you know, the other pitcher who actually, he went before Garrett Cole, which was uh, not as uh, expected. Typically, uh, you wait for that tip of the iceberg with Garrett Cole uh, to sign, and then everyone else underneath, the, you know, that second tier uh, would go ahead and sign after that. But uh, Steven Strasburg, he got to the uh, the uh, signing the contract before Garrett Cole did, and he is not going anywhere. It was a lot of speculation that he was going to go to possibly uh, the, uh, the Padres. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that he was going to go, you know, elsewhere, possibly the Yankees. I didn't really see the fit there. Uh, but, you know, the Rangers, uh, the Dodgers, uh, the Angels, possibly. There was a lot of speculation that he was going to go somewhere else because everyone that was in on Cole was in on Strasburg and in on the rest of these pitchers in the market. But uh, Steven Strasburg, he signed a seven-year deal, $245 million, uh, $35 million per season uh, with the Nationals. He signs with the Nationals. He's not going anywhere. Uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's pretty much, uh, you know, my my motto, uh, the way I live my life. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So Steven Strasburg is staying in Washington with that strong starting rotation. And this is great. It's great for the Nationals. Um, great for them to keep at least one of their guys uh, because Anthony Rendon, the other one, his teammate, uh, which I get, I guess I should say former teammate. He is no longer uh, a Washington National. He still keeps that shade of red, though, uh, but he comes to the West Coast. He is now on the Anaheim Angels. He signs a similar deal, uh, seven years, $245 million. Same exact price uh, as Strasburg, but the Nationals value Strasburg over Rendon. It was kind of hard to see if they were going to be able to do both uh, but now looking at those contracts, I mean, that's a lot of money for two guys. Uh, so Anthony Rendon, he goes and joins Mike Trout in Anaheim for the Angels. Uh, this is fantastic for baseball. I know uh, a lot of a lot of my A's fans listening to this, they are uh, just pulling out their hair uh, because, you know, going into the meetings every year uh, for the A's, you know, you're sitting there, you know they're not going to do anything. You're waiting for, like, a trade to happen and see what kind of prospects you're going to get because that's the M.O. of the A's, right? Uh, that's exactly what they do year in and year out. You know what you're going to get with the Oakland Athletics. Um, and then you see Anthony Rendon, <laughs> the team in their in their division, uh, go 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 to the to the angels. And then you're just pulling out your hair. You're like, Oh God, like now what, you know, cause you had to deal with, uh, the cheating Astros over the last, uh, couple of years. And then now you have to deal with Anthony Rendon and, uh, Sohia Altani and Mike Trout and, and, uh, and Simmons. And they have a great, um, they have a great lineup down there, but you know, when you're looking at the the Angels, uh, they still have a lot of work to do. Uh, we're going to talk about what kind of work they have to do uh, coming up here in a little bit in the podcast. But let's just talk about everything else that went on in the winter meetings. Uh, but prior to the winter meetings, actually, let, let me uh, just go ahead and give a shout out to my man, uh, the panda, Pablo Sandoval. Uh, he got married this past weekend. So congratulations to Pablo um, you know, I guess my invitation got lost in the mail or something. So it's, it's okay. I, I, I know I was invited. Uh, I was there in spirit, but it was great to see, uh, a lot of his former teammates there and celebrating, you know, Pablo Sandoval and, uh, and, and getting married, uh, 
And, you know, Hunter Pence was there. I saw a lot of pictures uh, posted there. Hunter Pence was there. We also saw uh, Gregor Blanco, Salvador Perez. Uh, I believe uh, Mike Yastrzemski was there, too. Uh, but there, there was a lot of former Giants, uh, current Giants there. And the skipper, Bruce Bochy, he made an appearance. It was great. And uh, it looked it looked really fun. I mean, I, I would have loved to have gone to that to that uh to that wedding but you know hey it, it is what it is like i said my, my invitation got lost in the mail so what what are you gonna do i mean i have to go down to to the postal service and co- complain like hey i got an invitation to this wedding uh you know i <laughs> help me out here <laughs> uh, but uh but pretty much um you know, it looked like a lot of fun. I saw some video. They had like a panda hour where uh, a lot of, I, I'm assuming they were former players or it could have just been people that were at the wedding. They had panda hats on, panda, panda, uh, um, uh, what, what is it? Like masks, panda mask. I can't really explain it. Yeah, it's like a panda mask, but it's not like a little like cheapo mask. It's like, uh, you know, hashtag the panda from, uh, from Jimmy Fallon, like that kind of hat, uh, that, that kind of uh, panda head, I guess, if you will. Uh, my, my, my buddy Simon up in, uh, up in Elk Grove, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He drives around with one of those in his passenger, uh, passenger seat. So if you guys see a, a, uh, Asian guy driving around in a, uh, what kind of car does he have? I don't even remember what kind of cars, he, but you see an Asian guy driving around with a panda hat on, uh, that's probably my boy Simon. So just go ahead and, uh, give him a honk and say, what's up. Uh, but <laughs> so pretty much that. That was what happened before uh, the winter meetings happened. Let's get back into the winter meetings, but I just wanted to say congratulations to Pablo Sandoval getting married. Um, but the winter meetings was, uh, it was, it was exciting, and there's a lot of content coming out of the winter meetings, and a lot of it is rumors, but, you know, uh, what comes with rumors, I mean, there has to be some truth behind it, right? You have to dig into it to find out exactly what that truth is. But rumors, I mean, it is a rumor until it comes into fruition, and it's and it's a fact, right? Uh, but the Indians, you know, they were trying to trade Lindor, um, but they came out and said we would like to keep Lindor. Uh, but the Dodgers have come out and uh, possibly want to inquire on Lindor and possibly uh, package in Corey Kluber or maybe just one or the other. Uh, Dodgers, they didn't get anything done uh, in the winter meetings. Uh, you know, they, they had a very uh, disappointing winter meetings. Wah, wah, wah. That's exactly what uh, the Dodgers front office is feeling like right now today. Um, and... You know, don't sleep on the Dodgers, though, because they are still, without any moves, they are still the the best team in the National League. They're going to win the NL West, hands down, regardless of what the other clubs do in the West. Um, that's just a fact. You know, I hate to say it. I'm a Giants fan, but that is just the reality of it. I mean, they've won the division seven years in a row, going to make it eight. Uh, that isn't an, an, an accident. And uh, the Dodgers, they know what they're doing. They missed out on a lot of free agents. They missed out on Strasburg. They missed out on Cole. Missed out on uh, Rendon, which um, they're probably uh, kicking themselves because I don't even think that the Dodgers made an offer to Rendon, and then he signed for what he did in L.A. So, uh, you know, going to, or I guess my my Dodger uh, buddy, Jesse, who was just on the podcast, he would say Anaheim because they're not in L.A., but the he signs with the Angels, and that is something that the Dodgers were trying to do. They were trying to sign Rendon, but they didn't give him an offer. So how are you going to get something done if you don't go out there and give an offer? So just saying, um, they they missed on an opportunity there. But 
don't sleep on the Dodgers. We're going to talk about them in a little bit, but do not sleep on the Dodgers. Um, they're still looking to make a splash, not at the winter meetings, but this this uh, off season, this winter, they're going to make a splash, and it's going to be a trade, and and we'll find out what that is. I mean, there's still options out there in free agency. Uh, you still got Mad Bum, who they're they're rumored to be going after. You got Ryu, who they can bring back. Uh, they got Kluber out there. You know, you got Josh Donaldson. There's a lot of op- options out there for the Dodgers and for other teams as well. But, uh, you know, talking about that uh, with Lindor, trade packages, um, Nolan Arenado actually came up in a lot of conversation at the winter meetings, which is kind of uh, shocking because he signed that deal uh, last year. I forget exactly what he signed, but uh, he signed a, a deal last year uh, or the year before that. I think it was last year because it was uh, – it was him. He got an extension, and then Trout got an extension, and Bryce got the money, and uh, Machado got the money. So I believe it was last year. Uh, but Nolan Arenado came up in a lot of conversations uh, at the winter meetings, and apparently a lot of teams are inquiring on the uh, amazing, and that's an understatement, uh, third baseman from Colorado. You know, Nolan Arenado, that guy, he has uh, platinum gloves. He has gold gloves, silver sluggers. This guy just does everything everything he is a gamer um and i would know because he's in my division i see him all the time so nolan arenado uh that would be crazy if he got traded to one of these teams that were inquiring on uh on rendon uh but you know because the third base market is very slim when you look at it you got josh donaldson that's out there and that's pretty much it and uh, a lot of it is going to come from, you know, are these teams going to be desperate? Are they going to go after Arenado? Do they want to take on that contract? And then another uh, player that they're looking at is, um, and that has been rumored to some trades, they got to figure out their the the MLB uh, time frame, though, uh, is Chris Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is, um, is on the block, and he's not going to get traded until the, they figure out the uh, the um, time the time. How would you say that the the uh, the time served uh, for in the MLB? They got to figure all that out that that whole mess. But as soon as that gets cleared up, Chris Bryant is on the trade block and he will get. Tra- I mean, I'm not going to say he will get traded, but it's a very high possibility that Chris Bryant uh, gets traded from the Cubs. And you know, there's just a lot of of scenarios that can go on. Um, another one that is drawing interest is Carlos Correa. You know, the Astros may be considering. Uh, trading Carlos Correa, it's been rumored for uh, about a year now. Uh, but when you look at who is expendable, you look at uh, Altuve, you look at uh, Bregman, you look at uh, Springer, you look at Correa, who's the most expendable one out of out of all those guys and being looking at their farm system. Uh, it looks like Carlos Correa is the guy that uh, would be shipped out uh, in comparison to all those other ones. So, uh, still got to follow that. You know, there's just, it's just rumors at this time. Right. But like I said, rumors, there has to be some, some truth to the matter. Um, you know, whether, whether, you know, it comes up somehow. So I'm just, I'm just saying rumors have some truth to it. Uh, pretty much a lot of rumors is maybe like 5%, 2% of it comes out to be truth, but we got to find out what that truth is. So, um, yeah, other, other pieces that may be getting traded is, uh, David Price, David Price is drawing a lot of interest, and the Red Sox, they're trying to cut payroll. Uh, so David Price is on the block as well. Diamondbacks and the Padres, this is actually pretty fun. Might make a trip down to Mexico City because they are playing uh, in 2020, two-game series in April. So that's exciting. Um, the MLB's initiative 
in uh, making you know baseball more uh, internationally friendly. So they're uh, going to be uh, playing in Mexico City. So that's exciting. Other changes, though, with Major League Baseball, let's talk about this really quick, um, is they are now enforcing the three-batter minimum. And uh, what that does is and, and and it was brought up last winter meetings and a lot of people didn't like it my, myself included I don't like uh the fact that they're trying to take away the strategy of the game I understand that they're doing this in efforts to speed up the game and and pitching changes it takes about 5 to 5 minutes out of the, out of the game or you know the average game I guess maybe what you're losing 10 15 minutes uh, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers. Uh, I do know, you know, when I'm at the game, it is a, a long process because the, the pitcher has to come in from the bullpen. He has to throw his pitches, get warm, and then you reset and you come back, right? Um, I don't know if it takes that much time out of the game. Uh, really, I, I, and I know that they're trying to cater to the casual fan. Uh, but to me, it's messing with the integrity of the game. That is my biggest complaint. Uh, with the three batter minimum, because I mean, growing up watching the Giants, you, we saw Bruce Bochy uh, in these last couple of years, and he was a master of the bullpen, right? He knew when to pull guys, when to plug guys, when uh, to go to the righty lefty matchup, go lefty on lefty lefty specialist, righty specialist. Um, you know, that's almost going to be uh, abolished now. You know, when when you're looking at this three batter minimum, uh, because you're going to cripple. Uh, a team's ability, like, are there going to be situations to where um, pitchers are going to maybe fake injuries to get a substitution? Like, are we going to, is that is that going to be a clause, like, you know, a, a, a gray area in that ruling? Uh, because if someone gets hurt and there are two batters in, I mean, you can't leave the hurt pitcher in there. So, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Um, there's could be that way around it. Um, I don't know the letter of the law or anything, but I'm just thinking of ways that they can get around get around it. Because when you're given something new, you're always going to look for ways for edges to get around it, right? Unless you're the Astros and you're using, uh, you know, video cameras. But anyways, moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the three batter minimum. I mean, like I said, it takes away from the strategy of the game. You have to manage your bullpen uh, flawlessly, right? And now that you're putting in a three batter minimum uh i feel like it it evens the playing field like uh the 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 miscues in the in the postseason as far as uh you know pitchers and managing the bullpen uh you you make it a a smaller gap between let's say a bruce bochi and a dave roberts you know uh someone dave roberts who hasn't done well in the past couple of seasons managing the bullpen uh, that's pretty much what I see that doing. It makes it an even playing field uh, for so-so managers, you know. And, and I'm not saying Dave Roberts is a so-so manager. I think he does a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal job for the Dodgers. Not not uh, throwing shade there, uh, but the fact of the matter is, when it comes to the to the postseason, uh, he just he doesn't manage the bullpen well. And there's tons of other uh, managers that are out there that do the same thing. Uh, they go from analytics and they don't go from feel. And we're kind of getting away from that. Uh, so with the three batter minimum, it's almost further pushing that uh, style of play, you know, going with your feelings. Uh, it's further pushing that away. And you're pushing away, you know, the left hand, right handed specialist. Like imagine what would Javier Lopez be doing nowadays uh, if he was still in the major leagues. You know, he was a left-handed specialist 
Um, and you know, now you're taking away that. So you're ma- I mean, I guess it's good for pitchers. I mean, they have to be well-rounded now. Um, but you know, I, I, I just don't like it. I mean, they're trying to speed up the game. I understand that pitch clock, all that kind of stuff. I understand that whatever. Uh, but now you're, you're interfering in my opinion, you're interfering with outcomes of the game, uh, due to, you know, the three batter minimum. So, uh, we'll see how that goes in the first year. It's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, moving moving on, moving forward, uh, still talking about the winter meetings, right? I talked about uh, Nolan Arenado being subject to trade. Chris Bryant has been brought up. I, you know, I already talked about that. Uh, Chris Bryant may be on the trade block as well because the, the Cubs, Red Sox, they're trying to cut pay, or I guess they're not trying to cut payroll, but uh, they're trying to get something before they lose uh, their players because they're not going to be able to sign everybody. They're not going to be able to sign... Contreras, they're not going to be able to sign um, Javier Baez, they're not going to be able to sign, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber, um, all those all those young guys that they have on that team. They're not going to be able to bring back everyone, so it only, only makes sense to trade away a piece to get back more prospects, to get something for it. Um, so Chris, Chris Bryant, he's on that trade block as well, um, but, you know, the, the Cubs, um, they were suitors um for or Chris Bryant was linked to the Phillies, right? And the Phillies, they would fill that need um and possibly not even trade for Chris Bryant anymore because they went and signed uh DD Gregorius to a one year deal, fourteen million dollar uh deal there for DD Gregorius. And the Phillies, they're still um, in this process, right? The Phillies, they are last year they got uh Gene Segura, they got um they got Bryce Harper, uh, they got Andrew McCutcheon, and then now this year they're adding, uh, you know, uh, Zach Wheeler, they're adding uh, Didi Gregorius, and, you know, their their team looks looks all right, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're going to go ahead and surpass uh, the other teams in their division, you know, rightfully so, because you, you have the world champion Nationals uh, in, in their division, in the NL East. Then you got the baby Braves. I guess they're growing up now, but you got the Braves in their division who are a strong competitor. And then you got the Phillies and you got the the Mets. I mean, the Mets, they made a couple of moves um at the end of the raid or at, at at the end of the winter meetings under the radar moves. They uh they signed Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. So I mean, uh teams in the NL East, they're they're trying to level the playing field as much as they can. Uh but the Phillies, they're doing the best that they can with that with that team, with that lineup. I mean, you have, like I said, you have, um, you have, uh, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, McCutcheon. Um, and then that, now you're adding Didi Gregorius. Uh, you know, they have a uh, real Muto. I mean, they got, they got a lot of pieces in that lineup and then they're, they're starting rotation. I mean, you look at Zach Wheeler, you got Aaron Nola, um, you got Jake Arietta coming back from, from injury. So, uh, see if he can have a healthy 2020, um, but the Phillies, you know, they're doing they're doing the best that they can with what they got. Um, and you know, with moving forward, uh, with under the radar moves, um, you know, the, are the Phillies done yet? You know, the Phillies might not be done. There's a lot of free agents out there still. Um, if they wanted to bolster up that starting rotation, I, I think they're done with the starting rotation. But they might go go ahead and get another bat here or there. Um, but you know, under the radar moves, the Dodgers, they addressed their, their, uh, their bullpen needs. They went and got Blake Trinan, uh, who was a all-star pitcher for, um, the Oakland A's, 
uh, two years ago. So I mean, Blake Trinan, he had a he had a rough year last year, uh, but that solves or it doesn't solve that problem, but they, it. it improves their bullpen situation uh still you know uh, i haven't heard much traction on this end of it but they were linked to be inquiring about josh Hader, uh possibly in- including uh gavin lux and uh dustin may but now those two prospects they may be heading to uh to cleveland for uh cory kluber and uh Francis- francisco lindor i mean and and other pieces as well so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers do. Like I said, they are going to make a splash. You just don't know what they're going to do yet. Um, but going back to uh, the Yankees and with Garrett Cole, and I was talking about the Yankees or, or the Nationals uh, just a couple of seconds ago, uh, the reaction to it was, you know, the, the guy is making the most money of any pitcher uh, in the history of the game, right? And he's only second to Mike Trout in annual salary with uh, $36 million. Um, the, the Nationals wasted no time, and this is why I like the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals wasted no time of trolling the Yankees, right? Um, and they po- they posted a video of Juan Soto going deep in the World Series against Garrett Cole. That is that is phenomenal. That is, that is great. Um, you know, for the Nationals to do that on their on their, I believe it was on their Twitter p- Twitter page. Um, or it might have been on their Instagram, but regardless, they were trolling the Yankees. Anyone that trolls the Yankees, I can get behind. Uh, but the Dodgers, you know, um, with, with uh, looking at the Nationals and trolling all that kind of stuff, the Dodgers are kind of trolling a little bit because after Garrett Cole got signed, uh, there was a lot of speculation that was coming out that, oh, plan B is Madison Bumgarner. You know, th- I don't I don't know if there's much to believe behind that. I mean, it makes sense from a baseball standpoint um, because they need a pitcher, right? And this isn't something that you would have heard in a sentence uh, in the last couple of years. You know, the Dodgers need a starting pitcher. No, like you would have never thought that because they have Walker Buehler, they had Ryu, uh, they have um, Clayton Kershaw for all those years. So, I mean, and, and then you look back, you know, they had Zach Granke, they had uh, Rich Hill, they have had arms for years. Um, and now they're in a situation to where they need a starting pitcher. Uh, they may bring back Ryu, but I feel like they're trolling a little bit. They're trolling, they're playing with our hearts up here in Northern California uh, for the Giants faithful, for the Giants fans. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but they have come out and said, well, they haven't come out and said, but there's been rumors to say that the Dodgers are in on Madison Bumgarner. I don't see it happening. Um, you know, if it does happen, I, my heart will be ripped out, uh, like that, like from that scene in, in Indiana Jones, that, that is, that is what it'll feel like. I, I will have my heart ripped out from my body. Uh, and it, it'll be terrible. I mean, I can't, I cannot stomach like right now. I just. I just had to like, 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 uh, I, I taste like throw up in my mouth thinking about <laughs> Madison Bumgarner in Dodger Blue. Like, I can't stomach that. Like, uh, thinking back, and it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, Jason Smith went over there, he stole their money. Uh, it didn't do much for them. Uh, Juan Arebe went over there. Jeff Kent, we all know that situation. Um, I just. I feel like this situation is different. I don't see Madison Bumgarner going down to the Dodgers. I mean, can you really see Madison Bumgarner sitting in the same dugout with Max Muncy after they had that situation? I mean, again, you know, it, you could show up to the to the clubhouse and you shake it out and you're just like, hey, uh, you know, 
no hard feelings, you know, but but Mad Bum, I feel like he holds on to grudges a little bit. I I, I don't see him going to the Dodgers. And the longtime giant, that's the thing too. Um, be, being a fan, right? We want to feel we want to think that the players uh feel the rivalry as much as we do. And when you look at Madison Bumgarner, I feel like he genuinely did feel the rivalry like we did. Uh, I don't know if it was just because individual players, we Yasiel Puig, then it turned into Max Muncy. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but longtime Giant, I would hate for him to go to the Dodgers and finish out his career um, in, in, L- in L.A. I mean, well, not L.A. I mean, I would like for him to go to L.A., but not the blue team, to the red team. Because the Angels, like I said, they still have a lot to get done. Um, and Madison Bumgarner, he can fit into those plans because the angels, you know, the angels, they, uh, they need, they have work to do and they still have, um, you know, after signing Rendon, you know, they have a good, uh, starting lineup, right? They, they have, they have great bats. Uh, there's no question about that, but they still need, uh, a top end starter. And this is where Madison Bumgarner comes into play because you have Bumgarner, you have Ryu, you have Keiko. Uh, they should be on their radar, and if it's not one of those guys, you know, then we're talking trade uh, because those are the top three remaining free agents in uh, or starting pitchers in free agency. And you know, if it's not those guys, then possibly it's David Price because David Price is on the block. Uh, could be Corey Kluber to steal him away from the Dodgers as well. I mean, there's a lot of trade opportunities that could that could happen. Um, but I I see the Angels. Poss- maybe doing both, you know, go out there and get a player and then trade for one. Um, possibly you could do that, but uh, I think it would make more sense for the Angels because they have that money, uh, gave a good chunk of it to Anthony Rendon, but uh, they have that money to where they can go get a piece. Um, it's just a matter of who they land, right? Is it going to be Ryu? He's he's uh, he's a top-end pitcher as well. We're going to talk about these free agents uh, remaining just in a little bit, but you can go Ryu, you can go Mad Bum, you can go Dallas Keuchel. Uh, they're all good, but if I had to pick between uh, one of the three, it would have to be Bumgarner. And it's and this is no bias uh, because I'm a Giants fan, right? It, there's no bias to this election that I'm going to Madison Bumgarner. Uh, just to list it, it's he is proven. He is a leader. Uh, he he's arguably one of the or I'm gonna say it. He is the best postseason pitcher um in the history of the game right so why wouldn't you want to add him to a contender um if you or if you're looking to contend right um that that's that's the situation that we're in with Madison Bumgarner and uh you know no disrespect to all those other guys but you know Madison Bumgarner he's been through the fights um not saying that Ryu not saying that Keiko has it you know Keiko he has he has a world series ring uh, to to his credit as well, and um and you know uh, Ryu, he's been to back to back World Series and uh has been leading the with the Dodgers with Kershaw in that starting rotation. So I mean, the, they have experience, but when it comes down to grit and when it comes down to you know put put up or shut up time, Bumgarner is the guy that you want in your corner. So uh, it, it would be surprising if. You know, the Angels, if they have any um, any real uh, consideration to contend, it'd be really surprising if they went with one somebody else other than Bumgarner if Bumgarner is still available. Uh, because Bumgarner, he is, now that Strasburg, Wheeler, Cole, now that they're all off the board, um, other uh, if you're not trading for, you know, Kluber, 
or Price, I mean, Bumgarner is the guy that is on everyone's radar. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, the Yankees, you know, we're going to wrap up the uh, winter meetings really quick. Talk uh, Not about the Yankees yet. We're going to talk about the Giants just for a little bit, for a couple of minutes here. Because uh, the Giants, they made some moves as well. Um, a lot, a lot of actually, uh, stuff going, go, the goings on, uh, for the giants in the winter meetings, uh, this time of the year, which is, uh, encouraging, but, uh, you know, it, it's also signals the changing of the times and the giants fans, they're not liking it. I'm in a lot of, of groups, um, on Facebook. Uh, you know, I see the posts on Instagram, on Twitter, and the Giants fan reaction to what's going on, it is, it's going to be brutal uh, for Giants fans because they, they, they are really soul set on bringing back Madison Bumgarner. Like I said, we talked about it last, uh, last podcast. I would love to have Madison Bumgarner back on the Giants. But the fact of the matter is, uh, I don't think, I, I think that the price tag is too high. I don't think the Giants are going to pay multiple years for $100 million dollars. Because uh, that sounds like that's what he's demanding, right? Uh, I don't see the Giants doing that, and I frankly I don't I don't want them to. Uh, just because we're in a rebuild, we have to be on board with this rebuild. I mean, if you're not on board with the rebuild, I mean you're not on board with the rebuild. It's not not the end of the world. But uh, you know the rebuild is happening. Uh, they haven't said that we're going to rebuild or anything like that. They want to compete now. Yeah, of course. Why, why are you going to say, no, we're going rebuild. We're not going to be relevant for a couple of years. Like, you're not going to say that to your fan base because fan base, then nobody's going to go uh, to the games. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go because that means tickets are going to be cheaper so and easier to get. So I'm going to be at a, a lot of games uh, this coming season. Uh, so if you guys want to go to a game, just hit me up. I'll be out there. So um, that that's the thing, though, is just Giants fans need to get on board uh, with the rebuild. And I'm, I'm trying to sell it, too, uh, because – it's a little hard to to stomach because the Giants we've been spoiled over the last couple of years uh, with those three World Championships in in those five years. Now it's three in the last ten, right? Because we're coming to the end of the decade here. Um, team of the decade, whoop whoop. Uh, but the Giants, you know, they're out there making moves and they acquired Zach uh, Zach Cozart and a first round uh, pick, fifteenth overall in two thousand nineteen. The draft pick is shortstop Will Wilson, and uh, they traded. Uh, from the Angels, talking about the Angels, freeing up that, that room for Rendon, right? Because shortly after, they signed Anthony Rendon. So we actually helped out the Yankees and Mike Trout. So uh, kudos to the Giants because I want to see Mike Trout in the damn postseason, okay? Uh, or, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting off topic, but going back to the Giants. Uh, Will Will Wilson, uh, he's a top prospect. He looked pretty good in college. He went to NC State. Um, he is good defensively. He has a good bat, decent bat. Uh, he's really young. He's really raw. So that's the thing, you know, when you, when you talk about these prospects, when you trade for prospects, that's what they are. They're prospects. They're potential, uh, big league hitters, big league players. Uh, there's no sure thing when you get a guy, but apparently in 2019, it was, it was between Hunter Bishop and Will Wilson. And now the giants have both. So, um, you know, the giants, they drafted Hunter Bishop with that 10th overall pick. Uh, in the draft, so I mean, they, they they got the two pieces that they wanted, um, and you're building towards the future, right? And and that's what the Giants have to do. And they they did they pretty much they got Zach Zach Cozart. They're eating up that contract, so you pretty much trade for the prospect. 
for $12 million and a player to be named later. I don't think the player has been named uh, yet, but uh, you know, that that's a, that's a deal, you know, and I'm trying to tell people is that the giants, you're not going to get free agent uh, hitters to come to the ballpark. And uh, this is where we're going to talk about. The next thing is the dimensions. The, the dimensions have changed. Uh, they moved the bullpens out from the, the foul territory and they moved them into the triples alley center center field area. We'll talk about that in a sec, but uh, you know, with, with uh, hitters, you're not going to get free agent hitters to come to the ballpark um, just because of those dimensions, because it's, it's a pitcher's park. You're, you're not going to get those guys. I mean, the giants are more likely to sign a pitcher than a hitter in free agency. That's just the fact of the matter. Uh, that's pretty much what it is. And if they do bring in a hitter, they're going to have to overpay, um, you know, and, and that's, that's the situation where you get into these contracts and all that. But the giants, um, I, I I like the deal because how else are you going to get young talent into the organization? You have to do these type of moves. Picking up Cozart, if Cozart does any anything for the Giants, uh, you know, in spring training, if he goes to spring training and he and he produces and he makes a spot on twenty five man roster, then that's fantastic. But you know, if he doesn't, you know, well, thank you, Zach Cozart, for bringing us Will Wilson, who will factor in to the to the formula in a couple of years for the Giants. Hopefully, you know, if everything goes as planned, as scheduled in the minor leagues for this kid. Um, but you know, the Giants, they, I, I like the move. They're they're making they're making deals. They're bringing in bats, and that's what they have to do because uh, draft or signing guys in free agency is just it's just not going to happen. It, it hasn't happened. In years, uh, and I don't see it happening anytime soon, other than, um, you know, the changing of the dimensions. So I'm still teasing that a little bit. We got to talk about one more move uh, that the Giants did was uh, Kevin Gossman. They got him for one year, uh, $9 million. And again, Giants fans were in uproars like, oh, you're getting this guy with a five ERA last year, and he looked terrible. And you could have used that money to sign Bumgarner. And these are these are fans that I don't think see the big picture, and not everyone is expected to see the big picture. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it a smaller picture for you, okay? Uh, so this guy, it's a one year deal. At the at the bare minimum, he's off the books next year. Doesn't affect doesn't affect the salary cap for next year. Uh, at the bare minimum, you you're out nine million dollars, and that's pretty much chump change to the to these organizations nowadays. Because uh, you got guys paying two hundred and forty-five, uh, three hundred twenty-four million dollar contracts, so nine million dollars isn't going to hurt. Uh, you you get the guy; he's been he's been good. He has a track record. Uh, he was good early on in his career, and that ERA I think was it, it was inflated a little bit. I mean that ERA um, he was in pitchers parks. You know he was in Cincinnati. He was in Atlanta, uh, pit, or not pitchers parks. He was in hitters parks, right? Cincinnati is a bam box. So uh, it's it's like looking at an ERA of a pitcher from Colorado. I mean, you know they're not going to be anything under four. I mean, if they are, then they're doing pretty damn good. But, you know, that that's just what comes with the territory. Um, so the thing here is that I see this as a Drew Pomeranz deal, right? And what did we get for Drew Pomeranz last year? We got prospects and we got Mauricio uh, Dubon, who is going to factor into the Giants' Uh, you know, big picture, right? That's that's what we're hoping for. Uh, and Kevin Gossman, if he comes in and he's a starter, 
then he then he fits into the starting rotation. But if he doesn't do good as a starter, you can put him in at the bullpen and let's see if he can close. Let's see if he is long relief because you know at the trade deadline, people are going to be inquiring about bullpen. That is the formula. Every single year, people are looking for bullpen pieces uh, to fill out that back end of the bullpen to round out their team for a postseason run. And if he does well, then, hey, look, you want our guy, you want a postseason run, if this is your piece and this is the last puzzle piece of the puzzle for you guys, then give us an arm and a leg. And then that's how you get the prospects in, right? That's how you get the hitters. That's how you get Mauricio Dubon. That's how you get, um, you know, a Hunter Bishop. You know, obviously the Giants drafted Hunter Bishop, so that's a bad example. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, um, you know, I like the moves that the Giants have made. Uh, th- there's a lot of... Um, a lot of progress. I, th- I think there's a lot more direction now uh, in this front office, and that's something that we haven't had for years um, uh, in, in the past couple of seasons. We haven't had a direction, right? They've kind of just been stagnant. Now we have a direction, but it's starting from the ground up. Um, and I think just the, the key word of this podcast is just patience. You have to have patience uh, with these scenarios. Trust the process, right? Um, it worked for the Astros. It worked for the, uh, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about the Royals, it worked for the Royals. It worked for the Braves so far. I mean, they're doing pretty good for themselves. It worked for, uh, the Cubs. They got themselves a world series ring worked for the Red Sox. They did it a little differently, but I mean, you look at their, their uh, team, they got Xander Bogarts. They got Mookie Betts. They got good young talent on that, on those teams. So, uh, you got to trust the process, man. It, it's proven to work. Um, it doesn't work all the time, and dark times may be ahead, but you gotta, just got to stay with it, got to trust the process. But uh, moving forward to more moves for the Giants, and this isn't on the playing field. This is behind the scenes. They have a lot of coaches, new coaches uh, on the pitching staff, or not not on the pitching staff, on the, on the staff. Uh, a lot of young guys, too. Uh, so the youth movement isn't only for the players, it's for the coaches too. Uh, the oldest player or the oldest pitcher or, God, the oldest coach. Uh, I'm always used to talking about players. Uh, and it, It's weird when you start talking about coaches a lot. But uh, the the uh, oldest coach that was brought in is Brian Bannister, 38 years old. Uh, he's the pitching director. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot. Uh, 38 years old. I, I mean, the new pitch, the new coaches – for uh, the Giants, I mean, some of them are younger than the players. So, I mean, that's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Uh, I remember when I was uh, a director at my former job, you know, I was the boss, right? And uh, I would have to direct people that were older than me, uh, people that were younger than me, people of similar age as me. It was it was different um, because, you know, the ones that are older don't really want to listen to you. They don't uh, really... Um, you know, buy into what you say. There's a lot of convincing, a lot of conversations that go on with people that are older than you because some people don't want to listen uh, to someone that's younger than them, all right? That's just the fact of the matter is. I mean, you're older, uh, instinctually, you're just going to be like, well, no, I, I'm more experienced than you. Uh, I have my way of doing it. I'm not going to listen to you. You know what I mean? So that's that's where I, I can see the problem coming in. But the other, the other uh, thing is, is that, you know, you're younger, you have more uh, ideas, more newer ideas, and possibly they could be better ways of doing things. 
right? Uh, you don't want to tell someone that you're doing something wrong. Uh, you know, that's not the way you go about it, but just say, Hey, I like what you're doing, but maybe I have a way that would help you out a little better. Right. So it's not like saying that what you're doing sucks. I mean, you kind of are, but you're not coming out and just flat out saying that. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, the dynamic with the young coaches, uh, you know, communicating with the young players. I mean, uh, they're they're similar in age. Maybe that's a positive uh, in this in this scenario. You know, um, it, it's going to be really interesting. I mean. Uh, I, I just, I really thank God for Ron Wotus, uh, for sticking around, uh, because he is definitely going to help out all these coaches, um, you know, in this transition, he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a shoulder to cry on for these guys. He's going to be there for support and for direction. And Ron Wotus, I mean, uh, he's up for the task. I mean, Ron Wotus is uh class act. He, he is very knowledgeable in the game. Uh, so I'm really glad that he's still there. Uh, to help out these these young coaches moving forward, but more changes for the Giants is uh, the dimensions. Like I was I was hinting to it uh, a couple of a couple of minutes ago, a couple of times in this podcast, the d- dimensions have changed, and uh, it's not dramatic, it's not drastic changes, but they're slight changes that could have a lot of uh, implications down the road. And you know, the big thing here is. The bullpens are moved from the foul territory and they're moved out to the outfield, to Triples Alley, uh, the garden center field area. That's where uh, the bullpens are being moved. So that's that's the the number one plus thing because now you're not going to see uh, injuries taking place um, on the field anymore because of the mounds. Um, so that's that's great for for uh, you know for the safety and health of our players. And for opposing players and stuff like that, for for just the baseball players in general, um, that that's really good that they've taken initiative and they've taken them out. So that there's positive number one. Now the the fences because you you don't have a lot of room out there, right? So you had to bring the fences in, uh, which you know looking at the dimensions, left center, uh, left center field now is it was four oh four, now it's three ninety nine. Uh, center field dead center was three. 99 now it's 391 and triples alley it'll be moved from 421 to 415 so slight changes right slight changes but these slight changes could improve um uh home run numbers uh offensive numbers you know the it 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 changes the way that uh teams play in the outfield you know um it's going to be interesting to see uh this whole dynamic play out because the giants they're trying to find anything to uh, give themselves an edge, especially at home, and they need to score, right? Because they were National League low of home runs and runs scored in 2019. They only hit 63 home runs um, and 291 uh, runs scored in 2019. So it, it just it wasn't a good formula uh, for the Giants. Um, obviously, AT&T, Oracle Park, has been known as a pitcher's park uh, but now with the fences moving in, we'll see how that plays out in this next coming year. And hopefully, you know, if all goes well and we get some more offensive numbers because of this, uh, we could start seeing maybe some free free agent hitters uh, coming in. And maybe one is going to come this offseason in uh, Nick Castellanos. We're going to talk about that in a sec. But, uh, you know, the winter meetings, they came and went. And uh, we had a lot to talk about. I mean, the Yankees... They uh, they grabbed their pitcher that they needed last season. 
Uh, now, are the Yankees the favorites to win the World Series? Um, I would I would say so. I mean, it's the Yankees and the Dodgers, uh, one and two. So uh, the Yankees, they get their guy. Dodgers, they whiff at the winter meetings, uh, but they're still making to make a play or still looking to make a play. Um, they were in on Cole. They were in on Rendon. Didn't get any of those guys. Now they're looking to other options. Plan A's uh, didn't work out. Now they're looking at playing plan B's and plan C's. Uh, but do not rule out, like I said earlier, don't rule out the 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 big splash uh, from the Gi- or from the Dodgers uh, coming in the trade market. Like I said, Lindor and Kluber could be in Dodger blue sooner than we think. Um, n- maybe not both, but maybe one of those. So uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch down the road. Uh, the Cubs and the Red Sox, no deals are in place yet. Uh, but a lot of speculation around both of those teams. Red Sox, they would like to trim payroll. As I mentioned, David Price is on the trade block, uh, and almost as good as gone, I think that he's going to get dealt here uh, in the next month or so. And then, uh, Or is it going to be Jackie Bradley or Mookie Betts? I think they're going to hold on to Betts if it's between uh, Bradley and Mookie. I think they're going to hold on to Betts, maybe trade Jackie Bradley, um, maybe at trade deadline, uh, to be honest. I I don't see him maybe getting moved. Uh, prior to spring training. Uh, but the Angels, like I said, they still had their work to do. They got to go get a pitcher. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Mad Bum, right, uh, Ryu, Keiko? It's going to be interesting. But signing Rendon, that is a big plus. Uh, the reinforcements are there for Mike Trout. Uh, but now, moving forward, because we're after the winter meetings, now it's the offseason, uh, there's still guys that are out there that still need to be signed. And the first free agent that comes to mind is Josh Donaldson. And He's next up since Rendon got signed. Um, he is the one and the lone uh, third baseman out there that is of quality. Um, everyone that was in on Rendon is almost assumed to be in on Donaldson. Uh, if not, then they're looking to make a trade of some sort, maybe possibly with Arnado, possibly with Chris Bryant. But, uh, you know, the Nationals, the Rangers, the Dodgers, the Braves still on on Josh Donaldson and the Twins. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be looking to inquire on the uh, the veteran third baseman Josh Donaldson. They're gonna see uh, what they can bring in. Uh, a lot of baseball executives are seeing uh, Donaldson getting a four year deal. Um, I think it was estimated at uh, 80, 80 to a hundred million dollars for Josh Donaldson. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of coin there. So um, like I said, but the the there's not much left in the third base market. Uh, in free agency. So, uh, like I said, if you're not going to go get Chris Bryant or Arenado in a trade, Josh Donaldson is your guy. So, uh, look for those trade markets, uh, the asking price for those guys to skyrocket, um, you know, in the in the next couple coming weeks and possibly around the trade deadline if they're going to get moved. Looking at the pitchers, we're going to talk about the next three remaining pitchers that are of quality. Uh, a lot of guys out there still, but these are the top three guys that could be difference makers in your postseason hopes. Madison Bumgarner, a few more starters uh, are are on the market, like I said, with Ryu and Keiko. But of the remaining, this is the guy uh, that you want in your rotation. Like I said earlier, he's a proven leader. Uh, he wins in the postseason, knows how to win in the postseason, and he's been relatively healthy uh, aside from the dirt bike incident. Uh, he's been re- relatively healthy uh, his entire career. So uh, Bumgarner, I think he should be up there. Um, and because once Cole uh, Scherzer and, or not Scherzer, uh, Strasburg, since Cole Strasburg and, uh, 
and Wheeler got signed. Bumgarner is that guy. Uh, all eyes turn to Bumgarner. So Dodgers, like I said, they said that they're in serious pursuit of him. I don't know how serious that is. Um, and, you know, of the uh, of the other teams looking to possibly bring in Bumgarner uh, for his services, uh, the Twins, Angels, Angels really makes sense. Diamondbacks, the Giants, White Sox, I see the White Sox as a possibility as well. Reds are kind of intriguing. Uh, and the Cardinals, uh, Cardinals is, is an interesting uh, team out there to be looking at uh, Madison Bumgarner as well. Now looking at Ryu, I mean, he's the older of the three remaining. He's 33 years old, um, or he will be 33 years old on opening day. Uh, he's a solid piece of the puzzle. I mean, he's done pretty good. Last year he led in the MLB in ERA with a 2.32 ERA. Uh, he was top three in the National League in whip with a 1.01 whip. And batting average against, I mean, this guy, he, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty legit. Uh, his batting, batting average against last year was... Um, 234 and he had a 14 and five record uh pitched 182 uh and two-thirds innings and racked up 163 k so uh that's what you get with Hinjin ryu uh we'll have to see where he ends up i mean you're looking at all the other teams that are in on madison bumgarner so you're looking at the angels you're looking at the twins looking at the at the dodgers the cardinals the rangers um, possibly the White Sox as well. You're looking at uh, someone that needs that veteran presence in that starting rotation. So uh, that's with Ryu. Dallas Keiko, much more of the same. Uh, but being that Keiko, Ryu, and Castellanos are all uh, represented by Scott Boris, uh, there's no question as to why these guys haven't been signed yet because he was trying to get those other uh, pieces signed to pretty much... Um, draw up the market for these guys. So you can see these deals coming in pretty soon, I, I think. Uh, but Dallas Keuchel, um, he's out there. He may, need, he may need to wait for Bumgarner and Ryu to sign first just to see uh, who else is out there and to see what he can get um, after those guys are gone because people are going to probably uh, want to pay more, uh, being that Dallas Keuchel will be the only remaining uh, starting pitcher of quality in the free agent market. So uh, enough of pitchers. I'm done talking about pitchers. We talked about Strasburg, talked about Wheeler, talked about uh, Cole. I mean, these guys are making a lot of money. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with with uh, coughing up that kind of money for pitchers because to me, pitchers, uh, they pitch every five days and uh, they're more success susceptible to injury because, you know, with that delivery, with all those pitching uh, there's a lot more mechanics, a lot more uh, working parts that go into that. But um, anyways, moving on to position players, mainly Marcelo Suna, outfielder. Uh, the, the market for Asuna hasn't really gotten started, uh, but it is expected to pick up. Uh, the teams that are looking at him, Reds, White Sox, Cardinals, and the Braves, they're linked to this outfielder. He has a lot of power, so... Um, you know, and the Reds, they are a team that need a power hitting outfielder. Cardinals would love to bring them back. Uh, you know, and the, and the White Sox, they've been moving pretty good. Uh, if they want to add more bats to that starting lineup, Osuna is the guy add more power there because in 2019, he had 29 home runs, 89 RBIs and an OPS of 800. So, you know what you're getting with Marcel Osuna and wrapping it up with Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, like I said, Scott Boris worked his magic for his guys uh, in the winter meetings. He brought in $814 million in the matter of days with Cole Rendon and Strasburg. So 
you're you almost assume that Castellanos it's his turn now. Uh, the Giants they've been heavily in pursuit of Nick Castellanos. I would love to see Castellanos part of the plans moving forward for the San Francisco Giants, uh, but we'll have to see. But you know what's intriguing about uh, Nick Castellanos is he was on the Cubs and Scott Harris, the new uh, general manager for the Giants, he was also on the Cubs as well in the front office assistant GM uh, last season. So the connection there, he's worked with Castellanos in the past uh, and recently. So um, we'll see if that is a deciding factor and we'll see if, I mean, that definitely plays a role in the Giants' pursuit of Nick Castellanos. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's young, uh, the youngest free agent on the market, I believe. And uh, he has a lot of power. He has a lot of pop. Uh, what's going to be hard to see, though, is, you know, in his days in Detroit where he complained about the dimensions uh, in Detroit at, um, at, at, the, at the ballpark. Uh, I, I could see him having the same complaints for Oracle Park, but bringing in those... Those uh, those fences, I mean, it could draw some interest for him, but I don't know uh, if he's if he's going to buy it, you know, because bringing in the fences is one thing. Then you got to see the result. And, you know, this offseason, we, we don't know the results yet. So uh, maybe they bring him in for a BP, see what he can hit. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to see uh, what happens with that. But if it's not the Giants, uh, the Reds are also in on him. The Cubs want to bring him back. Diamondbacks and the Rangers seems like the Rangers are in on everybody. They haven't been able to hit that mark yet. Uh, but that's with uh, Castellanos and and MLB executives. They believe that he will land a similar deal to Mike Moustakis, a four year, sixty four million dollar deal. And that is something uh, that I think Giants fans could get behind. Uh, but you know, it's going to come at the expense of losing Madison Bumgarner. I don't think people are ready for that. Uh, but we're going to have to strap on our, our big boy pants um, and, you know, be, be along for the ride. But I would love for Nick Cassianos to be a part of that um, rebuild moving forward, especially since he's a young uh, piece. But that's it for uh, Passion for the Pastime Baseball Podcast. I was your host, Walter. hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, a little bit long, had to recap a lot of the winter meetings. And uh, next time that we talk will be next week. And we'll see if anything else materializes. If not, I will be recapping uh, the last decade um, as we come to the closer, come closer to the end of uh, of the year, come closer to New Year's, come close to the end of the decade. I'm going to uh, recap best champions, best plays, uh, best games, you know, anything you can think of. Uh, and if you if you guys want me to recap anything uh, in particular, go ahead and shoot me a message, shoot me a comment, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter, um, anywhere you guys can reach me, go ahead and reach me. So hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys have a good one. Be safe out there. And I know it's a tough time for Giants fans. I know it's tough, but hang in there because we are on the come up. And as always, go Giants. <laughs>